bringing you news and updates from the Alliance of American Football, your source for everything Memphis, with your hosts, Dan and Michelle. This is Memphis AAF. Welcome to this week's edition of the Memphis AAF Podcast. I am Daniel, accompanied by Michelle, and today we're going to be talking about sports gambling. All right. I don't know anything about sports gambling. <laughs> is it anything like fantasy football, but for money? Uh, yes and no. I mean, you can place bets on fantasy football, but there's more to it than that. Okay. But first, let's go over a little bit of news that came out of the AAF this week. <gasps> there's news? A little bit. Tell me more. Tell me more. So last week, actually, (laughs) so last week, it was actually like right around the time the episode came out. So we weren't able to cover it back then. Uh, But the AAF. Back then, forever ago. (laughs) Oh, we were so young back then. So naive. Anyway, last week, and it actually came out like right when we were recording the episode or sometime around then. Uh, Of course. Yeah. So we weren't able to cover it back then. The AAF has announced 37 new signings. Anyone we should know or do know or you know? Well, five of those are going to the Memphis Alliance. Okay, but again, anyone you know or should know? <laughs> Nothing that like really stands out. Okay. There is one, DeMarcus Gates, actually. I didn't look into all of them, but DeMarcus Gates looked like a really standout guy. All right. Like, his highlight film is pretty sweet. Sweet. What's, what position does he play? Linebacker. Oh. He's out of Mississippi. Two of the guys are from Memphis, and right. then one from Tennessee State. Okay. So, a couple cool local signings. Yeah. Way to go, those dudes. <laughs> but apparently there's actually even more because I was reading some articles and they are talking about how there are 332 players in the league. So there's 33 players that haven't been announced yet. Okay. So expect that soon. But then they're still going to sign more, right? Of course, yeah. And then they'll be cut or something throughout the whole right. preseason process. So each team will sign 75 players and that'll be cut to 50 for the regular season. Gotcha. Excluding the 33 players that I don't know anything about, Memphis is sitting at 57 players. Out of 75? Yeah. So we only got 18 to go. Wow. Which means we can only sign 18 from the players that were recently cut by the NFL. Yeah. You saying that makes me a little nervous. Yeah. Did we jump the gun too much, sign too many players? Or... or- did we do the right thing by getting the good players first? Yeah, maybe Coach Mike sees something out there. Maybe he doesn't see a whole lot from the NFL. I don't know. Let's hope so. Or maybe they're just like signing everybody they can right now and are expecting to cut people during the offseason. I don't know what the rules are around that. So yeah. I mean, it could be getting what he can. And then if somebody comes to the NFL, just cut one of the other guys. When did you did you say last week when the draft will be? Just sometime uh, in the fall? Sometime soon, okay. next couple of weeks. Gotcha. Whatever it may be. Now, maybe this isn't relevant, but at what point before a season does an NFL team have everyone they're going to sign? How, what period of time is there between the beginning of even like preseason? Well, usually before preseason, your the NFL teams are at their 90 limit. Gotcha. So you, they could still be signing someone until the day before preseason? Right. Okay. And even during preseason. Oh, wow. Yeah. So, it's so I feel like the of, NFL is pretty fluid as far as like how the roster goes. I was about to say, it sounds like it's pretty fluid and things change pretty often. Yeah. So I'm I'm a little bit nervous, but at the same time, like. There's options, it seems like. Yeah. And we've got our quarterback, Zach Mettenberger. Yep. The oh. Met Burger. Oh, my God. The Berg. What's his nickname? Iceberg. Oh, we are, no, He's that was another one. Yeah. We already had the Berg. Yeah. Burger. There's a Burger nickname in there somewhere. Maybe he already has a nickname. What's his nickname? I'm just Who are we talking about? Zach Mettenberger. Oh, the selfie guy. That's his nickname? I don't know if it's his nickname, but that's how I know him. But there's got to be something with burger. 
I don't know. It's easier we'll to call say him cheeseburger. Than... <laughs> I like that. Bacon cheeseburger. <laughs> with lettuce and tomato and a sesame seed bun. Okay. <laughs> and scene. the purpose of a nickname. <laughs> <laughs> it take you 20 minutes to hear that during the game. And bacon cheeseburger with lettuce and tomato and a sesame seed bun passes for okay. Here we go again. <laughs> So as I was saying, I'm kind of nervous we've signed so many already, but at the same time, like, we do have some really good pieces already. Yeah. Like, at quarterback, we've got Zach Mettenberger, the bacon cheeseburger with lettuce. <laughs> and tomato. Oh, fuck. And then at running back, we've got Zach Stacy. So, you know, like, two guys have had NFL experience, and Zach Stacy was a star in the NFL for quite a while. Yeah. Got really good tackle. Got some great defensive backs. Wait. Hmm? Is this the gambling you were talking about? Taking a gamble on should you sign him, should you not? No. <laughs> what? <laughs> you said we were talking about gambling. <laughs> and it's a gamble. Should you go ahead and sign someone now or should you leave your roster open? Okay, sure. That's not what I was talking about. But yeah, we'll go with that. <laughs> all right, all right. <laughs> um, we've signed quite a few wide receivers. So I feel like we're in a pretty good position. Sure. So we'll see how it goes. So, do you know comparatively how many players other teams have signed? I can't remember the exact numbers, but I know Memphis has signed the most. And I think it's Orlando that... So, we've signed 57. And I think it's Orlando that has signed 53. <gasps> I just came up with the perfect name for the Orlando team. Totally off topic. Okay, let's hear it. Orlando Blooms. <laughs> I feel like there might be a uh, like a trademark issue with that. No, no, I'm sure it's fine. Uh, okay, we'll see. <laughs> There's the swarm and the blooms. <laughs> the kings would be really cool compared to that. That's all I'm saying. Yeah. Or the mummies. Come on. Good God. <laughs> Okay, I'm sorry. You can get on the side if you want. And I think the rest are like, I think there's one team that has 40 and like the rest are in their 20s or 30s. So Memphis is... There's a couple teams that have signed a lot, and then the rest have like hardly signed anybody. I wonder why. Like, I wonder what the the thought process is behind. Yeah, I'm just thinking maybe they're waiting to sign the majority of their players from NFL cuts versus yeah some of these other guys. Yeah, that makes sense. And the last week, we can call it news. I don't know. So Heinz Ward did an interview where he alluded to some major signings, like some big names coming to the AAF. But he alluded to it. Right. We don't know who he's talking about. Right. Well, it's not really news. Exactly. But be expecting some kind of major announcement soon. I'm always expecting, but like it's never good. <laughs> Whatever. I, I feel like whenever you tell me there's news, it's never anything like really juicy. Ay, ay, ay. I'm just excited to see, but I'm not going to like hold my breath, I guess is what I'm saying. Okay. We'll see how it goes. Yeah. Uh, keep me posted. <laughs> of course. And be sure to follow us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. So whenever the news actually does hit, then you can uh, find out right away. So uh, do you have any other non-news news? news? (laughs) Uh, No, that's all I have. Okay. (laughs) Why don't you say it with attitude? Non-news news. news. Well, I mean, Heinz Ward said we might get some some interesting something coming out at some point soon, maybe. That's not really news. Yeah, well, how is that not news? (laughs) That is substantial Reporting right there. Oh, all right, all right. Anyway, 
Before we get to the main event, we're going to have our player interview. Okay. With Bubba Jenkins. Uh, okay. <laughs> that name invokes some imagery of a person, but I don't know. Which couldn't be further from reality. Yeah. Like, I just imagine like some dude with a beer gut sitting on his front porch drinking a Budweiser. Yeah. But no. <laughs> this is not that dude at all. No. Well, seriously, like, watch his highlight reel. It is legit. And we say that every week. But this time, if you're not going to watch any other highlights, watch this, guys. Watch Bubba's. Yeah. He is a running back, and he is what we call a three-down back, Michelle. Oh, okay. <laughs> Dan's been really, like, teaching me, like, the positions and... The... It's a very educational week one of the NFL season. Yeah. Oh, my God. We didn't even... Again, this is not an NFL podcast, but can we talk about the Steelers-Browns <laughs> game? That was amazing. We went to Buffalo Wild Wings to watch the Niners game. We, we're not going to do that every week. Um, because we can just watch them at home just fine. But sometimes it's fun to go and like be surrounded by other football watchers and fans and stuff like that. And watch like more than one game at a time. Yeah, that's what is really nice about it. Oh, and it was funny because when we got there, Dan and I were both wearing our Niners jerseys and one of the servers stopped us and he's like, one of you guys is in school? And I was like, oh, that was me. Because a couple years ago, we would go up to the same Buffalo Wildlings and I would take my studying with me. So anyway, uh, I was known around there as the girl to watch football and did <laughs> homework. And it was just funny to be remembered like that. Anyway, when we were watching or trying to figure out which screen our game was going to be on, we were looking around the room and there were like three or four screens on the Steelers-Browns game. And we're sitting there like, who the fuck gives a shit about this game? I don't like Ben Roethlisberger. Yeah, the Steelers are, they're a good team, right? Yeah. Yeah. The Browns are the Browns. So again, like, why are we going to watch this game on, like, every fucking TV? And then it turned out, like, quite a lot of Steelers and surprisingly one Browns fan showed up. Who the fuck expected that? Not me. I am like ranting here. Yeah. I didn't mean to. Do you want to talk about your experience here at all? Uh, just like talking about that game. It's it was funny how quickly the whole restaurant became Browns fans. Yeah, seriously. I mean, well, like you said, when we were watching it, I think they're obviously the underdog. Oh, yeah. Every, also, like the epitome of an underdog. And everyone loves an underdog story. Yeah. And that game was just insane. I remember we looked up and there had been some really exciting plays. It was like halftime and the score is 7-0 or something like that. Yeah. And the Browns were like down by quite, I want to say they're down by three touchdowns. I don't, I don't remember. I'm not going to analyze it, but the fact that they came back and got it, they tied the game. Yeah. It was, it was still even it's a over, Browns win. It was still exciting. Like it was, yeah. it was a really fun game to watch the, what game was it? The first game that was on Thursday. It wasn't. Oh, the Falcons and the Eagles. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was a boring game. Mm -hmm. Nothing really. Well, like you said, boring games are usually good defensive games. Or good defensive games are usually pretty boring. Right. So, well, wasn't that one pretty defensive? I think so. Yeah. So it was pretty boring. But the Steelers-Brown game was just like, it was awesome. So you should watch some of those highlights if you are not familiar with what we're talking about. Anyway, back to AAF. We were talking about Bubba Jenkins. Bubba Jenkins? Yes. All right. Bubba Jenkins. (laughs) Okay, so just a little bit. We we talk about it a little bit in the interview. Um, but he's a running back, a three down back. So he's a really good runner. Okay, inside the tackles and outside. Inside the tackles and outside. so like up the middle or uh-huh. around the edge. Uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. Um, he can receive, and most of the time when you look at a running back, you don't look at you. Well, you look at the running and the catching and the flashy plays. But what's often overlooked is their ability to protect the quarterback um, during like 
pass protection. Yeah, I wouldn't watch that. I wouldn't have watched mm-hmm. that at all. But it is val- like a valuable skill. Well, sure. That's what made Frank Gore so valuable is his ability to block defenders. Okay. So he can do it all. And <laughs> wait, what does three down mean? So to put it in a nutshell, uh, three down back is somebody that can do everything run, catch, and pass protect. So that way, in the third down, when you really need something to happen, mm-hmm. you can rely on them to make it happen. Yeah. So somebody who can play like any anything you need, this guy can take care of it instead of having to swap out your running backs. So without further ado, let's just get into the interview. All right. So I've got Bubba Jenkins with me today. He's coming out of Morningside College. Now, this guy is an absolute beast. Like, I encourage you to watch his highlight video because it is insane. Uh, in, his last <clears throat> in his last year at Morningside, he racked up 2,100 yards and 28 touchdowns. And in their playoff game in Division II playoffs, he ran for 179 yards and four touchdowns in one game. Bubba, how are you doing, man? I'm great. I'm great. I'm feeling good. Feeling excited. I'm hopeful, proud. How are you doing? I'm doing good. I was, it, it was exciting to watch this video. I mean, it really kind of got me pumped up. So the one thing I've really noticed about what you did is like you're an impact player. Every time you touch the ball, like it could be a touchdown. Appreciate that. I appreciate that. That's what I try to set my goals on, you know what I'm saying? Not just a yard. At least, at least get 10 yards, get a first down or a touchdown. That's a good philosophy to have. So tell us a little bit about what you do outside of football. Well, outside of football, if I'm not, you know, training, which is every day, every night, <laughs> um, I'm, I'm mostly uh, helping out at this home court type facility. It has to do with autistic kids and juvenile kids. And that's where, you know, I, I, I help them out. You know, I feed I feed them, I take care of them, make sure they're staying out of trouble. And that's, that's about what I do, uh, you know, outside of uh, training all the time and not playing football and trying to perfect my craft. That is amazing. I love that. Like, I love whenever, like, the athletes, like, give back to the kids, and that is so cool. And Memphis is a perfect place. You know, we got um, St. Jude here and Labonner, both hospitals dedicated to, like, children with illnesses. So, oh, I mean, okay, yeah. the city would definitely love to have you. Yeah, I would love I would love to, to do that in Memphis and play football. That would be a dream come true. Yeah, definitely. So, another thing I noticed is that you seem to be a three-down back. Watching highlights, typically it's all the flashy plays. It's a big runs, it's these big catches, which you definitely can do. But what I also saw is that you are a tremendous asset in the pass block. You can you tell us a little bit about that and kind of your mentality around that? Well, it, it kind of uh, shocks me that that you actually noticed that. You know, that's what, that's why I put in the film. You know, I'll, I'll put you know blocks in there, and I'll put little runs that actually have a lot of meaning to it. You know what I'm saying? I can actually show what I can do, not just big runs. But uh, when it comes to blocking, I think that's almost, you know, either just as important or second important to you running the ball because you have to protect the quarterback. You have to protect, uh, you know, the the play, basically. Uh, the running back, you know, position is really one of the positions that has to do everything when it comes to passing, blocking, running, catching. I said passing, not passing, unless it's a halfback pass. <laughs> hey, if you watch the Super Bowl, you know that, that might yeah. come up. <laughs> With Daniel Thomason or something. There you go. But uh, I think blocking is a big aspect. And, uh, you know, I've always wanted to be the best blocker out there, you, you know, better than the line. You know, that's how big my goal is where I wanted to be. You know, nobody can get past me if I got to cut you, if I got to stand up with you. Whatever, I'm going to protect my quarterback. I think that's a big deal when it comes to 
professional leagues, you know, at a deep level. Absolutely. Especially when you look at the NFL, it's becoming more and more of a passing league. And now more than ever is it are, you know, teams looking for these running backs that can catch out of the backfield. And we can do all three things. We can run, catch, and help in the pass block. It helps the game plan for your team because if you're like a run-only running back, then the teams know, like, essentially, if you're on the field, it's probably going to be a running play. But whenever you can do everything, like, there's no way they can tell. And they can use you, like, in so many different ways, kind of deceive the defense. Yeah. Yeah, I, I totally agree with you. You know what I'm saying? When I'm they, – they, they want to throw down back, and when it comes to that, they want you to – catch like a receiver, run like a running back, block like a lineman. That's what I, that's what I try to do every day. I work, you know, affected my craft. So that's what I'm going out and trying to do. So, yes, I agree with you when it, when it comes to blocking. That's a very important aspect in a running back game. So tell us, like, what is, like, one game or, like, one player, just something that kind of stands out from your, your college years? I have to say um, my – game that always stuck with me is actually a game that you mentioned in the D2 playoffs. That was the first playoffs that me and my team ever went to. That 2016 SBU team, we we had the best team in history, first conference championship in history. And that first playoff game in history was just really just, you know, a bigger level for me. And uh, when I the, the game that I played, I, I had a very good game. Uh, like you said, 170 rushing, four touchdowns. And it just let me know and gave me even more confidence that, okay, uh, in big time games, I can be a big time, big time player, and so that always stuck with me. That you know, whenever I'm against more elite talent or anything like that, I always come to play, and it always makes me play even better. So yeah, and that just that that kind of brings up another point about you is that you are somebody that will elevate those around you. You know, like there's that saying that a rising tide lifts all ships. And that definitely, based on just like your time in high school and coming into college, like you've definitely had that effect on your teams. All through my life, I always wanted to be, you know, the alpha male, the leader, the leader of everything that I do, whether it comes to football or just life in general. Ever since uh, high school, my high school was actually on ESPN for like the worst co- the worst record ever. They, they went like zero and 50 in high school history. And I was actually at another high school my freshman year. And I told myself I wanted to go to that school. I wanted to change that whole environment. And that's exactly what I did. Uh, we went, we had the, by my senior year, we had the best record in uh, history. We won a district title, first time in history. And all my, my, my a lot of my teammates actually went and uh, signed, you know, NAI or had some college letters. And that's exactly the same thing I did with SBU. You know, SBU was not a very good team at all <laughs> when it came to D2 football. So I wanted to go there as well change that environment, change that team with what I do and uh, help them be on a higher basis. And that's exactly what I did with them, you know, winning the first conference championship in history, best record, you know, that that team will go down in SBU history. And I'm very proud to be a part of it. That's amazing. And just to reiterate, just kind of how bad your, I don't, I don't want to be too mean, but just how bad your high school team was. I was looking yeah. at Blitzalytics or Blitz, sorry, Blitzalytics called you the most underrated running back in the draft <laughs> and yeah. in this article and i'm going to put a link to this in the show notes but your high school from 2000 from the year 2000 to 2009 had won 10 games yeah. <laughs> they were that bad. they were so bad i i i don't know if the uh, video is still out on uh, youtube for espn but 
They were on ESPN for the worst record. They were not good. Mm-hmm. And plus, to make it worse, they ran the uh, that little triple option thing, and <laughs> that that all changed when I when I when I uh, transferred there. But they it wasn't looking very good for Parkview. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and then your senior year, you guys went eight and three and made the playoffs, which uh, according to this article ended a seventeen year stretch of having losing seasons. Yep, yep. Uh, <laughs> Seventy years stretch. What? Like I said again, they were so bad. They could not. <laughs> they could not get it. I mean, I remember they won one game. Probably uh, the two two years before I went there, and they had a big old celebration for winning one game because it was because they was such a long losing streak. <laughs> uh, but that senior, but my senior year at Parkview High School with the eight and three, that was a very memorable year, and we. Not even not not just me, but my whole team made me even better. You know what I'm saying? Because that's really what it's all about is uh, making your teammates better around you, giving them confidence, so that when you mess up, they'll give you the, they have the confidence to tell you what's up, and that's what really brings the team together. And so um, that eight and three season, that senior year season, yeah, we lost three games, but it it was it was excellence to what we were. <laughs> And that's just so important to have that kind of leadership and that kind of team mentality. You know, too much. I've said it before, you know, too much in the NFL do we see like these diva personalities and this, you know, what about me and not the team? Yes. And yes, just sir. having that kind of leadership is just, it's awesome to see. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's just, it's all God given. So I just got confidence in God. So that's all it is. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Sure. Yes, all right, so I don't, I don't want to take up too much of your time. So let's give you like 30 seconds, your chance to talk to the coaches, talk to the teams. Why should they sign you? Memphis AAF, the reason why you should sign me is the, the proof is all on the put-in. Uh, I can do it all. I'm a third down. I'm a fourth down back. I don't, I, whatever you want me to put me, the highlights speak for itself. The stats speak for itself. But not only that is I know for a fact I am an elite player. And I could turn this team around, even though it's the first year, we can win the championship. It's not just getting looks from the NFL. I know that we can win, you know, and be the top, top team in the AAF. Uh, I'm a leader. I'm a man of God. And whatever I need to do, I will do it. And however hard I need to work, I will work that hard. And I'll give Memphis my all. So that's <laughs> all I need to say. Can't ask for much more. That is awesome. I'm excited to see you sign, even if you don't play for Memphis. Like I'm going to be watching you. So last thing, the AAF is going to be looking to the fans to kind of come up with team names. And there's a few floating around the Memphis the Memphis fans. So I want to get your ideas, get your thoughts about what you think the team should go with. So I'm going to hit you with three options, and then you kind of give me your feedback. Okay. So the first one is the Memphis Kings. Uh, the second one is the Pharaohs. And then the third option is the Memphis Blues. So out of those yeah. three options, where do you think we should go with? I got to go with the Memphis Blues. That seems like it's been <laughs> I like that name, the Memphis Blues. That sounds like a real team right there. Then with all what you just explained about it, I feel like that fits Memphis best, the Memphis Blues. I kind of like the Kings, too. Mm-hmm. Memphis Kings. Uh, not really you know, sure about the Pharaohs. I don't think I want to do that. <laughs> yeah. But the Memphis Ooh, that sounds like the best the best name so far. There we go, Memphis Blues. Yeah, the Blues and the Kings seem to be one of the most popular ones. Yeah, not the Pharaohs. <laughs> <laughs> so I think with Memphis, we're going to be set no matter what they call us because we got so many good yeah. options. Yeah, we got a whole bunch of stuff. Yeah, I can't wait to be on Memphis. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so 
If people want to connect with you online, where should they go? Uh, you can either uh, contact me on Twitter at Bubba Jink NFL or on Instagram at Bubba Jink, uh, B-U-B-B-A-J-E-N-K. Awesome. And like you said, actions speak louder than words. So I'm going to put that highlight reel in the show notes. So be sure to check it out. You will not regret it. And I'll also put links to the social media there as well. Bubba, thanks so much for coming on the show. Thank you so much, Dan. So that was Mr. Jenkins. That was so funny to listen to you guys talk about how his high school football, uh, how his high school football team was so shitty. So bad. Just so bad. He said they were what on ESPN for like being the worst football Mm -hmm. team. (laughs) And then he took him to a championship, right? Uh, I don't know if they went to the championship, but they had like their first winning season in 17 years. (laughs) They went eight and three. (laughs) Yeah. like. He's the kind of guy that will elevate the team. And he did the same thing in college when he went to Southern Baptist University. I can't remember exactly what college it was, but it was a program not known for being good football. Mm -hmm. And he took them to the playoffs. Well, he didn't take them. Like he elevated his team to the point that they went to the playoffs. And he said something about that when he was making his pitch to the teams that he wants, you know, that he's going to elevate the team. He said he's not really concerned about making it in the, to the NFL, although I'm sure he is. It was more about the success as a team and coming together and winning all as one. Yeah, and I love that team, uh, like that team's mentality. Yeah. As I think I've mentioned like every interview. Yeah. So anyway, on to the main event. Okay. So this is kind of a big deal. Okay. So the AAF has partnered with MGM. Grand? Yeah, made famous by Ocean's Eleven movie. Yeah, 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 yeah. I'm familiar. The waterfall. Nope. The that was Bellagio. Anyway, that's not. So MGM is a gambling company. Okay, it's a casino. They have their whatever. They got rich from swindling people. Or did people swindle themselves? Ooh. The world may never know. All right, go ahead. So they are investing, or they've invested in the AAF, and the Alliance and the MGM have this partnership to where. MGM is going to be the exclusive in-game betting system. Okay, so I have a lot of questions because I don't know how this works. Does something like this exist with the NFL? No, not especially not to this degree that we're going to get into. So So there is like sports betting on the NFL, but the NFL is not. They don't condone it or support it. Yeah, they're not like partners in this. Gotcha. So I'm wondering, are there any benefits for the Alliance with this corporate or with this partnership other than just financial. So gambling is a big industry in this country. Sure. And this is just like one more reason or one more way that you can attract fans. Oh, okay. 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 So whether or not like, you know, football fans can watch, but also like people who are gamblers have, it's it's a way to, you know, bring them into it as well. Oh, I had not even thought about that market of people, which is huge. Right. I mean, I saw something the other day that was like, Dozens of people win multi-million lotteries every day. Really? Something like that. It was was a surprising number of people that win large amounts of money because of gambling. Yeah. And that seems like, to me, a completely untapped market. Yeah, especially there have been laws against sports gambling, and a recent Supreme Court ruling turned that decision back over to the states. So now it's up to the states individually to rule on... Sports gambling. That's very interesting. Yeah. So right now, I think it's Nevada and New Jersey. It's legalized, obviously. Right. Vegas and Atlantic City. But I think there's like 20 states that are like in the process of 
allowing this type of thing. Wow. So it's like the perfect time for the AAF to get into this market as it really, and people are going to be looking for opportunity. Sure. And here's the AAF with a fucking golden platter saying here. An MGM platter. <laughs> anyway, um, oh, I wonder if this will be part of the app too. Yeah. Uh, no. No? Just because of legal issues, because the app is going to be for everybody. Oh, and if it's state-based? Right. I... So it's going to be depending on where you live. Plus, you don't want kids like... Yeah, yeah, yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. So the MGM will have their own app that you can do all your bidding. Oh. What's really revolutionary about this deal is that since it's a partnership, the AAF will be sharing data. Huh. So, Michelle... Have you seen while watching like sports the next gen stats from on the NFL? I feel like I have, but I don't know exactly. Okay, so just in a nutshell, whenever you're watching like the highlights, it's like whenever you see the route the player ran, or they're talking about like how fast, like the speed that the player got oh, up to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's all like next gen stats. Okay. And like during the game, whenever they're like doing the replay, they map out the route the player ran. Okay. That is next-gen stats. Essentially, they put like uh, a wearable technology in the player's pads, huh. and it tracks. It's like a Fitbit in your pads, and so it tracks them whatever they do. Do you think that when football was created, they had any <laughs> idea that that was going to happen? No, because they thought having a thin piece of leather on your head was enough to protect <laughs> you. Well, there's a lot that goes into that, but anyway. <laughs> so the AAF is going to be doing the same thing, having that same kind of data. Mm-hmm. But feeding that to MGM and their betting platform. Oh. So let's say Zach Stacy is on the field. Mm-hmm. You place a $20 bet saying that he's going to run five yards. And then it tracks to like end game. Or he's going to get up to 15 miles an hour. Wow. It opens up that possibility to have that kind of like minute betting. I wonder if there's going to be some sort of like explainer or like, I don't know, where could someone... Because this sounds interesting. I probably wouldn't bet much, but it would be fun, I think, to like figure it out. Yeah. And it has just kind of like another like flair to the game, along with like fantasy football, which is going to be in the app. And now you have like this kind of like, what's they're going to do this time? Right. I'm just wondering if there's going to be some sort of like intro to <laughs> AAF gambling. If not, we'll figure it out and we'll let you know. So like more and more, it seems like the AAF is so much more than a football league and like quite a bit leaning into like a tech company. Yeah, it just seems like they're they're taking traditional football, but elevating it. Yeah, they're bringing it into the modern day. And that's what I think is going to make the AAF so successful is that, again, they're they're doing football, but it's different. It's better. It's a more immersive and it seems like fair experience. Very much like fan oriented. Yeah, but they're which also is their whole pitch protecting the players, too. Yeah. So it's, it's really seems like this is going to be kind of next level football where I want to see the NFL be. Yeah. And like what I like is it doesn't seem like they're changing the game. They're changing the experience. Exactly. Yeah, the game's the same. Yeah. The last point I want to make about this is we've talked a lot about money on this podcast and how the AAF salaries stack up against other leagues. Sure, yeah. So this is another way that the players can increase their paycheck. Through gambling? Yeah. What? So like we mentioned back in episode three, I think. Probably all of them. (laughs) When we talked about the contracts. And the salaries? Yes. The players get paid more based on social media engagement and popularity and all this. Sure. Uh, But these are bonuses, right? I'm not sure how it's going to stack up, but they're going to get paid more in one way or another. Okay. This is just another way. So let's say you're Zach Bacon Cheeseburger with lettuce and tomato on a sesame seed bun. 
and people are putting a lot of bets on you, Mm -hmm. you will earn more based on that. It's crazy that my income could be tied to people betting on me. Mm hmm. Huh. I don't know how I feel about that. Yeah, it's it's kind of weird. And just a whole like how immersive the betting process is, because obviously gambling can be extremely addictive. Yeah, it could be a problem. Yeah. And it, it, it's a pretty controversial topic, especially sharing that data, because it's so like the, the NFL player, the NFL PA, mm-hmm. the NFL Player Association, uh, they're against sharing that data with sports gambling. But the AAF doesn't have any kind of player union, so they can easily do it. So there's a lot of controversy there, but the opportunity is immense. And I'm also wondering if there's going to be controversy because, again, the locations of these teams are mostly in the South. And and I remember that when I was growing up here in Memphis, there was a lot of debate about whether or not Tennessee should get a lottery. And it seemed like largely a lot of conservative people were against it. So I'm wondering if there's going to be like a conservative anti-gambling kind of controversy over the whole thing. I don't know. Yeah, because I, I see both sides on whenever I like I'm online about people that are for and against sure. states legalizing sports gambling. So it's something that there's a lot of money at stake. So inevitably, it's going to be legalized. Yeah. So it's just a matter of making sure that it works and is safe. Yeah. It'll be interesting to see how it all works out. It'll be a lot of fun to see this like in practice. Yeah. To see like bets being made based off of weird kind of football things. So I think we're actually going to leave it there. Um, But we want to hear what you guys have to say. Like, how do you think this gambling situation is going to work out? Are you for it? Are you against it? Is the controversy too much? Like, what do you guys think? Yeah. Will will this be easier for you? Are are you a a sports gambler? How do you think this is going to work out? I'm just so curious. I don't know anything about it. Are you excited about it? So yeah, let us know either on social media or on the website and you can find show notes and links to what we talked about, including the highlight film for Bubba Jenkins at memphisaaf.com slash eight. Check it out. What if we have him on the podcast? He's like, guys, stop calling me bacon and <laughs> cheeseburger. <laughs>